Yes, hello my friends and welcome to this, another edition of the Underdog Football Show. My name is Josh Norris, his name is Hayden Winks, and today, Hayden, anyone that has done any fantasy drafts, especially on Underdog in this hot, hot best ball summer, which is still going on, knows that wide receivers go early, go often, they fly off the board. Let's help the people go through our rankings and find who we think are the best values of the position. Hot, hot wide receiver summer. That's what it's been. <laughs> I mean, all of them on our Miz show, we kept saying, Miz, there's going to be a lot of wide receivers. Stop drafting the running backs. And then he was like, no, what about another running back? And then we're like, well, there's going to be 35 more wide receivers that go in the next couple rounds here. So everyone's on board. Everyone knows wide receivers where it's at, but you still have to pick the right ones. And that's what we're going to try to do today. We've had so much content recently. This is actually going to end our positional preview, positional rankings. We've done quarterbacks. We've done tight ends. We've done running backs. And again, today, it is wide receivers. Thank you so much for your support on all those videos. Hopefully, they help you out. And what we're going to be going on is our draft guide. It's free. It's linked down below. In fact, we're giving you 25 bucks to go check it out. Just use promo code the show. Deposit anything on underdog and you get a free $25 top 200 updating later today positional rankings which are going to go by here players to draft players to avoid and ideal drafts as well all of that goodness so wide receivers like other positions Hayden fall into tiers they fall into groupings and especially here as we are figuring out in round one let's start with Really, the first three that make up the players going in round one in your fantasy drafts, that's Devontae Adams, who's our wide receiver one, Tyreek Hill as our wide receiver two, and Stefan Diggs as our wide receiver three. Hayden, let's start at the top with Devontae Adams. What a change it has been since Aaron Rodgers declared that he is playing for the year. He has jumped, I believe, up from wide receiver six up to wide receiver one, last year's top wide receiver, and it looks like we believe he can do it again. It was not even close between wide receiver one overall and wide receiver two overall. Devontae Adams averaged three points more per game and half PPR and his expected fantasy points was 2.8 more expected fantasy points than the wide receiver two overall. So yes, there's going to be some negative regression coming for Devontae Adams because I don't think he's going to score 18 touchdowns or whatever it was, but his chemistry with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers is unmatched. I think that Devontae Adams right now, based off of last year, has the crown for best wide receiver in the entire NFL Aaron Rodgers playing awesome. So I think that I would take him number one. But Tyreek Hill has a really solid case as well. We keep going back and forth between those two guys. We do. And I have Tyreek Hill as my one. You have Devontae Adams as your one. Quickly with Devontae, it's like a handshake agreement that this is going to be, again, the last ride with Aaron Rodgers. I expect everything to happen just like last season or close to it, even though it's going to be tough for Aaron to reach that exact same production, but it really speaks to just how good the individual talent is for Devontae Adams that everyone knows where the football is going to, especially in the red zone near the goal line. And he's just able to create that separation. And he's that, that mind meld with Aaron Rodgers. Quickly with Tyreek Hill, 162 targets last season, 111 catches, over 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns. He was the wide receiver two in facey points per game. He was second in 20 plus yard targets. And Hayden, Despite it being the most bankable offense in the NFL, it is also one of the most narrow. And if Tyreek Hill plays 17 games, absolutely he should be plugged into the middle of the first round. He can go off. Like he he could be the guy that you actually need just because the like you just said, the the depth behind Tyreek and Travis Kelsey is as bad as it's ever been for the Chiefs. I mean, this dude, including the playoffs, his last 12 games, was averaging 104 receiving yards. And you can already project Tyreek Hill to be top five and just receiving touchdowns in general. So I think that Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill have the best case to be number one overall. But Stephon Diggs, when you're playing in the offense, that's the third highest neutral pass rate, 11th in neutral offensive pace. He's also one of the premier wide receivers just watching his tape. In Minnesota, he was like kind of more of like a deep threat, not only a deep threat, but last year you saw him kind of work that intermediate stuff way more than we've seen before. And that kind of leveled out his consistency. So yeah. I mean, once again, Stephon, all, all three of these guys should be first-rounders. I didn't even think that Calvin Ridley, who, who our next guy, you can kind of sneak into the first round, too. With Diggs, I mean, his quarterback before he got there went from being one of the worst deep ball throwers in the NFL to the best, also the best in clean pocket situations. It's amazing what, like, the best ISO ball wide receiver in the NFL and Stephon Diggs 
can do with you. Hey, you know what I like to do? I, I like to zoom out and like try to survey what we're actually looking at and like maybe burst our bubbles a little bit. With Tyreek Hill, we're getting a wide receiver on a team last year that honestly had to overcome some adversity because of just how bad their their offensive line was in a lot of ways, and they have the quarterback to do it. What if he's like in even more clean structures? Now on the other end, I'm a little nervous with this Buffalo Bills team, and not you know nervous enough to rank him outside of this, but that we're drafting all of these guys kind of at their peak of last season. Is that a fair question to ask? That's why I don't have him in the exact same tier as Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, just because we've seen Josh Allen be a baller for one year, a passing baller for one year. The other guys, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. So like we've, we've seen it multiple, multiple times. So I still don't think that that means you could be too concerned about Stephon Diggs' floor because we are ultimately shooting for a ceiling or a kind of a median projection. I think Stephon Diggs still has that. But I think Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, to me, are kind of like tiered together. And then Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill are just like, complete complete alphas so i i didn't prepare you for this question i'm going to ask anyways again in yesterday's show that we did in running back rankings hopefully you all check that out we had four running backs at the start of draft cmc dalvin cook alvin Kamara, ezekiel elliott those last two can kind of be flipped if you want to um then it's these three wide receivers and including travis kelsey hayden when you are thinking about you know constructing teams is it always that these three wide receivers go after Travis Kelsey because of like the point differential that he has in terms of like 150 points compared to the next tight end at the position and that is so different? Or would you be willing to take one of these wide receivers over him? Does that question make sense too? Yeah, I think I would go Devontae Adams fifth overall, then Tyree Kill, then Travis Kelsey, and then Stephon Diggs. So I, I, I want to kind of throw Kelsey in between this, this tiered break between Steph Diggs and Calvin Ridley versus versus the top two guys. But I think all four of these wide receivers belong in the first round, including in half PPR, because they're going back to the strategy talk yesterday. The RBs five through 14 are all pretty similar, all have massive ceilings, and you can get all those guys in the second round. So grab one of these elite wide receivers, then go play the upside game in round two for, for your running backs. Before we move on, again, all of you, thank you for being here. Like and subscribe down below. It truly helps us out. We're on course to hopefully, at some point this season, hit 10,000 subscribers. That's like well in the distance, but help us get there. We are? Each and every day. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get there. Hey, okay. I'm not quitting until we get there. Uh, our whole goal is to help you all you know, win money, have some more fun playing fantasy football this year, and hopefully our rankings and all the shows, not just the live ones, but the clips as well, like and subscribe so you can see those on your feed when they hit. Because once again, it is deep, deep, deep into fantasy season. Okay, here we go. Back to the rankings. This is after round one. These are the, the, the tier two wide receivers, Hayden, that are typically going all throughout round two. Picks 13 to 23 for us. Calvin Ridley is our wide receiver for getting Arthur Smith as a play caller versus what he's had in the last few years. I keep bringing this up, but I don't think you could undersell the importance of it. I mean, the Falcons were, were 26th in touchdown rate inside the red zone last season. Arthur Smith first and second in his last two years. That's great for Calvin Ridley, who a lot of people don't view as, you know, a, a speed and size player, but he Hayden has a chance of leading the NFL in targets this season. And air yards like he did last year. He was wide receiver two per game in fantasy usage. And there's a couple of things going on with the offensive change. I think Calvin Ridley's yards per route run is about to take another step up because you're going to go from three wide receiver sets in the Falcons base offense to two wide receiver sets. And if you look at the historical data between those two, you see a jump up with Calvin Ridley because there's just fewer targets that are going to wide receivers in this offense. And you're seeing play action. And last year, Matt Ryan was sixth in EPA per drop back off of play action, a very accurate player still. Now that, that is Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley is a superstar wide receiver. We can't just keep discounting Calvin Ridley because it took him a couple years to get into this tier. He's like a certified baller. The offense is perfect for him. All the play action crossing route. That's why he's going to be awesome in fantasy. I have him in round one. You definitely want Calvin Ridley this year. And that 17 yard, like outside breaking comeback is maybe oh, Matt undefeated Ryan's best throw. And it's basically indefensible. And Calvin really is just perfect for it as well. Uh, our wide receiver five is DeAndre Hopkins. Hayden, this is an interesting one to me because you have Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf uh, ahead of Nuke. I'm, I'm really in on this 
Arizona Cardinals offense this season. Now, I do want to say that maybe the usage of DeAndre Hopkins has been super simplistic. I mean, Hayden, he saw just six targets on the entire right side of the field last season. He's locked into the left side because Cliff is has an odd brain, let's say, for play calls. But I talked about, you know, buying maybe the Packers at the peak, the Bills at their peak. The Cardinals faced a bunch of adversity last year. I mean, those, those first nine, ten games with Kyler Murray pre-shoulder issue were, were fantastic. And he was like the quarterback one or quarterback two in fantasy football. And then he had that shoulder issue. And at least from a running standpoint and an offensive success standpoint, it didn't fall off a cliff, but it, it, it really decreased. And so what if we get just 17 games, better blocking, better structure, better players around DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins as well? We might not get the ludicrous, what, 160 targets that we got for DeAndre Hopkins last year, but 130, 140 is absolutely possible in just a better team. He was the wide receiver six per game on wide receiver eight fantasy usage. And my problem why I have DeAndre Hopkins more of like a round two, three borderline pick rather than like a middle second round pick is there's, there's just way more competition. I know like the offense, no matter what is going through DeAndre Hopkins and like Rondale Moore and AJ Green only matters so much, but if they're going to play four, more four wide receiver sets, that's an issue. If Chase Edmonds is going to play more snaps over running the ball with Kenyon Drake, I think that could possibly be a little issue. We're nitpicking. Like I dropped DeAndre Hopkins, Below Justin Jefferson, who led the NFL in yards per route run versus man coverage as a rookie, who's only going to be in uh, 12 personnel. And DK Metcalf, a s- very similar ascending player. So I think that I- I- I'm going to move DeAndre Hopkins down a little bit. I love DeAndre Hopkins, still one of my favorite players. But I think that like Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf have an easier path just to be lights out because like they have to throw the ball to those dudes. Let's look at Justin Jefferson, our wide receiver six. And Hayden, since that shoulder issue popped up like early, early in camp, we're actually pretty far above ADP here at wide receiver eight. And like that might seem like, you know, razor thin margins, but that can be a huge difference in getting a player who we think is highly rated at an important position in in round two. And you might be able to get him at the end of round two. Anyways, with Justin Jefferson, he wasn't a main fixture in that offense last season until week three and still went on to have 95 catches over 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. I truly believe he is on the Stefan Diggs career trajectory. And while his quarterback can be a spiked week player at time, Justin Jefferson is, to me, like such a bankable player. And maybe he's even more comfortable here in year two. He's he's so good. Like, he's so good at everything. And what's so crazy about this is, what if like 31-year-old Adam Thielen, who we both like still for fantasy, right. what if he misses eight games, like has a little bit of an injury? Who else are the Vikings throwing the ball to? Like it is such a fragile offense. I think that plays into Justin Jefferson because like he has to be good. Kirk Cousins could throw the ball. We There's some decision-making that Kirk Cousins lacks, but throwing the ball, Kirk Cousins could do it. Justin Jefferson gets open and there's basically nobody else in this offense to throw the ball to. So Justin Jefferson, like I think could be the wide receiver one overall this year. That's still in his range of outcomes. Like in the, if you go McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, like it's a print fest. It's a print fest. And I do believe there's been so little news since that shoulder issue. I mean, he missed 10 days of practice returned on August 16th on a limited basis. Hey, unless this is one of those injuries that we just don't have the right information on, I'm not worried, but I still think the public is a little nervous because he's being drafted lower than this, again, at wide receiver eight. Let's jump to wide receiver seven for us, uh, and I believe he's tied with A.J. Brown there, and it's it's D.K. Metcalf. Uh, it, it's fitting that both these players are back-to-back here on our board. You talk about alphas, who are teammates, who... And maybe this is why I give, well, you give DK Metcalf a little bit of a bump here. It's because I believe, Hayden, there's like a bit of an unknown element here. Like I think one of the biggest questions we have heading into the season is what is Shane, who is Shane Waldron and, and what is Shane Waldron going to bring to this offense? It, that is, I mean, that's one of the issues. But I think that the, the issue with AJ, AJ Brown, just like the offensive coordinator change and what DK Metcalf has is more bankable air yards in yeah. targets like it, AJ Brown was the wide receiver 25 in fantasy usage. DK Metcalf was 10th. So that's a huge gap. And I know AJ Brown's probably better than DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Like he also could be the best wide receiver in the league, but I would rather go with like, okay, I know DK Metcalf's going to be top five or so in air yards, AJ Brown with a new offense coordinator and now adding Julio Jones. I have this much more concerns with AJ Brown 
he just he's so good that you still rank him this high, but like right. his his usage is just not the same as these other guys. Not even close. It's not, but I also believe AJ Brown is is one of those that even with you know lower opportunity and volume last year, he is just a total freak show with oh, a yeah. dot of eleven point three yards last season. That he still led the NFL with the best yards after catch per reception. I mean, that's higher than DJ Moore, smaller receivers like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Jamison Crowder, Terry. That's so insane. That's I mean, so insane. It, it's it's Terrell Owens reincarnated on a football field for all of us. I did see that today Ryan Tannehill was put on the COVID list for for five to ten days. Uh, so I still believe that and Nate Tice actually made me feel a little bit more of like the hiring in-house with the Titans because of, of how much of an impact the OC now had on the red zone situations last year too. So we'll see if maybe it's more volume, less efficiency, but it's so tough to rank AJ Brown even further beyond tier. Um, I believe that is another tier for us. Yes. Of those tier two wide receivers again, because you have wide receiver ones, extreme volume, great offenses, rookie setting records. And we also close it out with alphas, at DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Is that a good summation of this first top eight for us? Definitely. These other guys are still really good too that we're coming up on. They're just maybe not like the best wide receivers in the league like these other guys are. Before we do go on to tier three, just a reminder that the best way to prepare for your season long league is to go and try out some best ball drafts on underdog fantasy it's an awesome app it's a good experience on desktop as well there are no waivers there are no trades there's nothing like that where you have to worry about setting your lineup each and every week all you have to do is draft and it's done you set it and forget it and if you skip the guacamole deposit anything on underdog instead we give you a free 25 bucks straight out of hayden's pocket if you use promo code the show smile for us. Hey, smile. Uh, I'm losing money over here. <laughs> Anyways, you can go in a million bucks playing best ball mania Two, enter the puppy as well. Just try it out. Try it once. See if you like it. And if you don't, we also give you your money back. So there we go. All right, let's jump on over to tier three. These are overall selections of 25 to 42. And it's headlined Hayden by a name. That we don't really just talk about very much in Keenan Allen, but it's an offense that we believe in. 29 years old, still kicking it, and at least 97 receptions in each of the last four seasons. And like last year, he is attached to the best young quarterback in the NFL in Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen averaged 12.2 targets per game when he was healthy with Justin Herbert last year, and that was 83 yards per game. So I don't think he's going to re- repeat those numbers because Mike Williams is in the lineup and Austin Eckler was too. But I think that this offense in general is going to be way more stable, and Keenan Allen is just like still really awesome, always slept on. So I think him, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, Terry McLaurin, kind of all in the same boat as really good players. Uh, offenses could be much better than they were in the previous couple seasons, and they're all really, really good. They just might not be as explosive as the top tier, but all these guys, like you want these dudes on your fantasy team. Can we kind of couple CeeDee Lamb and the Amari Cooper conversation here? Because you and I love CeeDee Lamb, but it's almost getting to a point, Hayden, where it can be difficult to get him in drafts because he's going as the wide receiver nine at the top of this tier, you know, like right at the beginning of round three and I love him. I think that those over outs, I think that his ability to win short intermediate and deep Dak Prescott playing a full 17 games, CD lamb can hit that and even exceed into maybe a top five wide receiver status. But Hey, it's tough. Like it, it, it's tough to land him in drafts right now, unless you firmly believe he's the best of this group. It's really hard. And like, I don't want to like talk any crap on CD lamb. That's just like not, something I want to be want to be doing but he has just more target competition Dak Prescott's kind of going through a little bit of an injury like to me Allen Robinson I mean he 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 averaged 9.6 targets per game he was the wide receiver six in fantasy usage he was one of the most unlucky wide receivers in the red zone last year uh not because Allen Robinson was doing anything wrong but because of the quarterback situation was so bad if we think the quarterback situation is going to be better Allen Robinson could be a top five wide receiver I think we always kind of forget that Allen Robinson is a premier actual talent and then now he might have the best opportunity to kind of maximize that and there's it's just darnell mooney and cole commit like behind him like demir bird and like the rest of these guys aren't nearly as big of threats as like cd lamb so 
I think I'll probably be getting a lot of Allen Robinson. I think that he has like a pretty big ceiling himself. Terry McLaurin, we have as wide receiver 12. Julio Jones, I don't even know if we've seen A.J. Brown and Julio Jones practice on the same field. Yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> like, yeah, they never practice. Right. That, look, we've seen so many ADPs, and we'll get into it a little bit, drastically change because of preseason clips, preseason games, and just not seeing two of the most physically imposing wide receivers on the same field at the same time with a new play caller. I have no idea where Julio Jones is, you know, season is going in each direction what i can say is last year he was open especially down the field and was not getting the football uh i could see julio jones finishing this year as a top 10 wide receiver for sure yeah i mean he was the wide receiver three in ppr points per game the wide receiver seven in fantasy usage per game the wide receiver four in fantasy points over expected last year his yards per route run was awesome he didn't play but when he was out there he was still julio jones and I think that when you're like a generational crazy athlete like Julio Jones, even though when he misses some games, when he's out there, he's going to be insanely good. And I think that this offense is like perfect for uh, a veteran receiver kind of aging out of his prime. He's right. not going to have to see 180 targets in this offense. He can still be really efficient. Yeah. Once again, these are picks going in 25 to 42 overall in your drafts. Hayden, kind of the rest of the group, there's some like wide receiver pairs. So why don't we break those down? Uh, our wide receiver 14 and our wide receiver 19 are Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. In fact, you have a green dot next to Robert Woods' name. This is one of the players that you are targeting in every single draft. I hope you guys all draft him. I mean, he was the wide receiver 16 on wide receiver 13 fantasy usage per game last year. And that was with the offense and the passing offense, like really cratering. You saw Sean McVay go from like top three neutral pace all the way to 12th. And you saw the ADOTs, Robert Woods' ADOT, his first year with the Rams, 11 yards, and then went to 11 yards, then eight yards, and last year it was down underneath seven yards. It's going to be way more deep routes. The Rams are going to play with more pace. They're probably going to tick up their neutral pass rate, and Robert Woods is really good, and he went to USC. I don't know how you can't like this dude. I think that everyone wants to pretend that Robert Woods is a floor play. No, like he, if he's the wide receiver seven overall this year, like I'm not going to be surprised one bit. Now with the Cam Akers injury too, Hayden, I think the only like pieces that we know are going to be out there nearly every single snap are Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and, and yep. Tyler Higby. And that's it. Like, you know, Deshaun Jackson, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, they're the rotating pieces. Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson, they're rotating pieces. And so on an offense that we believe in that can take a massive step that already had production at the quarterback, but then now you actually get like competent quarterback to make things happen in terms of outside of structure when things break down i'm with you like robert Woods's game was handcuffed a little bit was was pulled back towards the line of scrimmage and just opening up more of those intermediate routes and even downfield possibly but we love it all right and real quick just cooper cup positive touchdown regression coming for cooper cup as well he scored 2.7 fewer touchdowns than expected according to my model that was sixth worst out of 117 qualifying wide receivers Cooper Cup and Robert Woods haven't been scoring that many touchdowns the last couple of years because of the quarterback. Like if, if the Rams go berserk, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods could both be top 12 guys. Surely I understand your point when like looking at the numbers, but I, I think that's all quarterback related. And yeah, it's in rebound. Right. So with Robert Woods' declining A dot during his career, again, I believe the reason why the team moved off a quarterback they gave a massive contract to to go get Matthew Stafford is to change these ADOTs. It's to change how, like, to, it, it's to activate all the eligible players. It's to attack downfield. That's why you bring in Deshaun Jackson, Tutu Atwell as well, because you have a quarterback that's able to do it now. So I, I, I would suggest that that ADOT is not Robert Woods related. It was Jared Goff related. Let's look at a team that won the Super Bowl last year, Hayden, <laughs> and Mike Evans at wide receiver 15. I want to repeat this every single time we talk about Mike Evans. Seven straight 1,000-yard seasons to open his career. He even hit it last year, Hayden, when in those first, what, six or seven weeks, he was just living off touchdowns, like he was yep. only a touchdown or two every single week. Um, Mike Evans, we have as our wide receiver 15. We have Chris Godwin also in this tier as our wide receiver 20. Hayden, all 22 starters are coming back. How do you envision this offense going, and can it support two top 20 wide receivers and maybe even Antonio Brown, who we'll talk about a little bit later too? 
I mean, I think Tom Brady can win MVP this year. Like, I think that's how good this offense is going to be. And Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. I think that if, if you want to do a little stack, stack two of those receivers, I, I think that you want to be leaving drafts with one of these guys. Because if 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 uh, Chris Godwin were to get hurt, Mike, Mike Evans would skyrocket into the wide receiver one discussion. And even if all three are healthy, they're still going to be providing wide receiver two value and spiked weeks, particularly for best ball too. So, I mean, all of these guys are just so good. The Bucks are going to be awesome again. We have DJ Moore at wide receiver 16. This is mainly influenced by my ranking of DJ Moore at wide receiver 13. Again, I, I feel like once you get to this grouping, you can really plant your flags on some players. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm, I'm planting my flag on DJ Moore because – Look, he, he might not be like the size speed phenoms that we talked about at the top with DK Metcalf and and AJ Brown, but there's some real specialness there, I think, Hayden. And he has just been someone always that seemingly falls one, two, three, doesn't miss like make the last tackle miss just to score a touchdown. Like if we get an eight to ten touchdown season from DJ Moore, I think he's absolutely gonna hit on his ADP of wide receiver 20 right now. I mean, I'm seven wide receiver spots ahead of ADP right now. How good do you think the Panthers are going to be? I mean, we were high on Robbie Anderson. We think CMC is the number one. We were high on Terrace Marshall. I mean, we, we better hope Sam Darnold's really good. Well, we talked about in the, the quarterback episode, he's going as like quarterback 28 or 29. I think we have him settled at quarterback 22. I, I just believe in in this offense, them fixing some red zone issues, some, some game-winning drive scenarios. They supported – Four 1,000 scrimmage yards players from last season. We'll talk about Robbie Anderson here in a moment as well. We also, again, talked about DK Metcalf. Maybe that makes us forget about Tyler Lockett. Hayden, is it fair at our wide receiver 17 mark to call him a spiked week player? And that, you know, possibly doesn't matter as much here in basketball formats because his best weeks, which are sensational, are awesome. And maybe we get a little more consistency week to week out of this passing game too. Did we forget that Tyler Lockett was in the hospital like late in the season? Like he yeah. he was missing, like he was battling some serious injuries, and that's why I think he became a spike week player. It's just because he was going out there when he was clearly not one hundred percent. So uh, Tyler Lockett, smaller player, I think that he's probably going to be more prone to some of these little nagging in- injuries. But when like Tyler Lockett's ready to go and Russell Wilson's ball, and now Tyler Lockett is flirting with wide receiver one numbers, so I think he's definitely worth the dice roll here. All right, before we move on to tier four need all of you out there if you want to win your fantasy leagues again subscribe to this channel we are only posting content to help you win that's it we want to make you money we are generous in that way like and subscribe down below check out the previous live shows quarterbacks running backs tight ends we also do live drafts with some great people throughout the industry and even the Miz. get ww superstars some a-listers on the show as well maybe we won't draft a big dog live next week 250 dollars enter that would be a lot of fun to do appreciate you all for tuning in and check out our free draft guide it is linked down below all right here we go hayden it is time for tier four bit of a stretch i mean these are picks 44 to 59 this might be a running theme of today's show but hayden this group is headlined and i love how we do it because it's different than adp Headlined by two potential alphas that are entering their second seasons, and maybe they are the next ones to take the next jump in Chase Claypool and Brandon Ayuk. Why don't you start off with Claypool here, who we have at wide receiver 21, despite his ADP of wide receiver 26. It takes about four seconds when you watch the game and you see, all right, who is this six foot four, 235-pound player that's just running by everybody and making plays downfield, uh, in the backfield, on screens, on slants, just doing everything. Uh, he's not the complete package yet, but the fact that he was productive despite being that was awesome. And for somebody that everyone says that should have been converted to tight end or doesn't have route running skills yet, he was seventh in yards per route run versus man coverage last year. So to me, this just comes down to, is he going to play in 12 personnel? And we're just not going to know that based off of how the Steelers kind of been playing their starters this, this, this year. But if he gets like the full-time role, I mean, Chase Claypool is going to the moon. Like, it just will he be the number two or number one and not the number three like he was last year? Can we package this with the wide receiver that's going as wide receiver 23, our 26th in Deontay Johnson? I think it's reasonable to expect Deontay Johnson to, to lead in, in targets, Hayden. And in typical drafts, he's going ahead of Chase Claypool. We have it the opposite 
I'm not even factoring like necessarily drops here. I just think that Chase Claypool, his game isn't necessarily like volume dependent, like a volume sponge. We have seen big plays in him, but I think he also has that game of, of manufactured touches, especially near the end zone as well. And the ability to reel off massive, massive deep plays. And I'm not, not sure if we've seen that like in Deontay Johnson's back pocket yet. I think that Juju is the one that's going to lose out here. And Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are going to be like the, the guys that the passing offense revolves around. I, I do think that Najee Harris makes Deontay Johnson a little less important to the offense. I think last year they're making Deontay Johnson basically the run game. Um, but Deontay Johnson's still a decent player, and I still have him like right at ADP. So uh, I think that Deontay Johnson can kind of get a little overrated to exercise a player because I don't think he wins downfield enough. But we'll see. Maybe if Big Ben rebounds this year, I think that there's enough room for Claypool and Deontay to be to be mega stars. I just think that Chase Claypool could be like the wide receiver six overall. Deontay might have to be like the wide receiver 12 in his best case. I'm basically forcing our ranking of Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver 22. I have him as our 20th wide receiver year at 26. I think we both really like him. Probably what we're expecting difference here is maybe volume perspective. And yes. Just like hyper efficiency on that volume. I mean, I think Brandon Ayuk's talent, we might look back and view him as like a, and again, this might not sound huge, but it's such a loaded position in the NFL right now, a top 12 wide receiver at the end of the season. Like he might have that Pierre Garcon element to this Kyle Shanahan offense, but it's also an offense to make your case for you, Hayden, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, lots of good running backs. And so how much can Brandon now you get? Can he lead the league? In targets like Pierre Garcon did, no, he cannot. That's why I'm just like I'm unfortunately out. I see it. I see the potential. His explosiveness uh, behind the line of scrimmage and downfield is super evident. But the 49ers last year were fourth in neutral pass rate, and they're just drafted a dual threat running or quarterback. And in the games where Brandon Ayuk went off, that means that was when George Kittle was out and Debo Samuel was out. Uh, he averaged 13.7 PPR points with Debo, 12.5 PPR points with George Kittle. It's just hard for me to see this like massive fantasy ceiling just because the way the offense is coordinated. I think he would need an injury to one of these other twos to be a, a massive player, but I think he's just he's a really good ascending player still. So I, I get the hype. I just can't fully buy into it. What I love is when we know people are going to draft certain players if they use our rankings, if they use our draft guide. That's going to be a theme maybe for the rest of the show here. And Hayden, I quickly want to talk about our wide receiver. 24, who's being drafted at wide receiver 29. Again, if you use our rankings, you're going to have Robbie Anderson on your roster. And I'll quickly make the case. One, they just invested in him long-term. Two, he was pigeonholed as just this vertical playmaker for years and years and years throughout his career. So then he goes and joins a Joe Brady offense. They lower his A dot considerably. They use him on the outside. They use him on the inside. They allow him to win short and intermediate. And what that allows him to do is also have over 300 yards more after the catch than he's ever had in his career beforehand. I mean, you're basically getting last year's, I think, wide receiver 22 at a wide receiver 29 price. I understand that things don't repeat themselves year over year just in that way. But if you also look at the narrative of the team, Robbie Anderson is a focal point of this team. And Three wide receivers are more important in Joe Brady's offense than you know two wide receivers and a tight end, than that number one tight end. And so Robbie Anderson, is the plate is there for him to at least copy what he did last season, in my opinion. The reason why I'm not as high as you are on DJ Moore is because I think that Robbie Anderson is like just as good. And he gets Sam Darnold, his boy Sam Darnold, is back in the offense for him. And Robbie Anderson quietly was a third in yards per out run versus man coverage last year, and that came in three wide receiver sets. We're talking about a really good dude uh, he's not like he doesn't. I mean, he has the body of an Instagram model, but he's so elusive <laughs> that it doesn't really matter. He actually scored. I mean, this is like the bull case for Robbie Anderson. He scored 2.8 fewer touchdowns than expected. That was fifth lowest among 117 wide receivers. So we're talking about a positive regression candidate that's being drafted below last year's finish. And he already has a little built in chemistry with Sam Darnold. So I think that Robbie Anderson. I'm glad that we have him as our target player. Yeah, th this is a guy who was also previously viewed as like a better in best ball type. No matter what platform you use, especially if it's best ball, go out and draft Robbie Anderson. Like this is absolutely a player that that you 
need on your roster. And Hayden, when they went out and traded for Sam Darnold, again, a maybe debatable decision when we look back on the season, a major part of it was they were sick of Teddy not throwing downfield, missing downfield shots. And we know that's an area where Robbie is probably the best on the Panthers at doing that. So yeah, hopefully you use our rankings. And if you do, you're going to have Robbie Anderson on your team. Another player, Hayden, and this, let's get into some rookies. Because Les Love last year, we saw some rookies explode. And, and Brandon Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, obviously Chase Claypool. It's been an interesting couple weeks for Jamar Chase. I was looking back when we did this show back in June. He was going as the wide receiver 21. Everyone was so certain that this top five pick was going to come into an offense that they believed in. And Hayden, the news has not been positive on the Bengals at large and Jamar Chase so far in the last two weeks in preseason. So he has dropped to wide receiver 25, and we actually have him a few spots lower at wide receiver 27. And specifically, you even have Devontae Smith, his fellow rookie, one spot ahead. Someone who's kind of been the opposite storyline, where there was so much skepticism early on of the Eagles' offense. How much are they going to throw? Is Jalen Hurts good? That Hayden, if people use their rankings at wide receiver 36 where he's going – they're also going to end up with Devontae Smith in their roster. I mean, he's won the Heisman at Alabama. Like, this isn't like that crazy to me that he could be better than Jamar Chase. Then he coming out as prospects. I think that you can make a pretty good case that Jamar Chase was a better prospect than Devontae Smith. But I would not have put a tear break between those two at all. I thought they were both mid-round wide receiver type of guys. Not only that Jamar Chase ever should have been like the fifth overall player. And I just think that Devonta Smith could easily dominate targets in this offense because i don't think that jalen rager is any good i think the the two tight end set things kind of strange to me and uh, like quez watkins like devonta smith to me could absolutely dominate in targets and jamar chase has a little more mouse to feed the offense for the Bengals. i think people like really want them to be a top three top five in pass attempts i think they'll get close to that but i don't want to extrapolate last year's numbers just with how much things have kind of changed uh, for the Bengals as a, as a as a franchise the last couple months here. So um, this is one of my bolder takes, but, I mean, you watch Devonta Smith, like, good luck trying to press him. Like, you can't even touch him. He's like a ghost. He just, like, starts here, and then all of a sudden he's by you on slants, deep routes, everything. He's just, like, untouchable. I think this is such an awesome window to, to get in on Devonta Smith and have a ton of exposure on him because I mentioned, I mean, for weeks, months even, Hayden, Devontae Smith, and also because of that little injury that he picked up in the preseason, he was around that and still wide receiver 36 mark even a little bit later on. And we're, we're eight spots ahead of the public here. And I just don't see how it can be a failure unless he like flat out misses time. And I'm not in the business of like trying to predict injuries here, because as you mentioned, what we have seen from Devontae Smith in preseason is that his releases are so freaking like JC Jackson is an awesome NFL corner. And he wasn't able to land a hand on him in off those releases. And so, like, look, you can have your questions about the Eagles and how many games they're going to win. But with all the other questions of that team, with, with the running game, tight end usage, they have a true number one wide receiver that they've invested in and so much of the target share. And look, I don't, also don't think that Eagles team is going to be bottom three in pass attempts like they were viewed at one point, too. Like, if they're middle of the pack easily Devontae Smith's going to have the highest target share, I think, of all the rookies this season. Yep, and it's the two wide receiver sets. That's an advantage. And just go listen to, like, Nick Saban or anyone from Alabama, any of his teammates talk about Devonta Smith. I would bet that he would be one of the smartest wide receivers in, like, the NFL, like, almost coming in immediately. Like, this is just a high-level football IQ guy. I think he's going to be awesome for the Eagles, who are going to play so much zone coverage because teams don't want to play man coverage against Jalen Hurts because they'll just scramble them to death. And Devonta Smith owns against his own coverage because he's just so bright. So let's is there anyone else in this tier that you want to talk about? Maybe it goes down to Jerry Judy. I mean just T. Higgins and, and Jerry Judy left over there. Hey, it's been a transition for that Broncos passing game. We now know that Teddy Bridgewater is the starter. At one point Cortland Sutton was going to be their number one wide receiver and especially in drafts. He's going as wide receiver 33. We are opposite. We have him all the way down at wide receiver 40. And we have since obviously flipped in Jerry Judy at, at wide receiver 30. I think it's pretty easy to assume that he's going to lead that team in target share too. I think so. I think that Cortland Sutton will be better as the season progresses. But I think that early on, like I think that Teddy Bridgewater and Jerry Judy are going to have a lot of chemistry. And last year, Jerry Judy was the second least efficient wide receiver in my fantasy points over expected model. Massive positive regression candidate with better quarterback play. And if Jerry Judy can just figure out these drop issues and, 
I don't think that we're going to be talking about Jerry Judy having drop issues for his entire NFL career. I think that's probably just pretty fluky. Totally agree. I, I absolutely believe that can be a fluky uh, stat to continue to look at. I'm just looking at who's going around Jerry Judy so people get context here. Again, this is the end of our, our tier four and the running backs in this area are Miles Sanders and, and Josh Jacobs, the beginning of Mike Davis and Javante Williams. So again, this is why we love to hammer this position early on while we like a few of those players individually. I mean, this is just such a sweet spot, such a sweet spot to land wide receivers. All right. We also didn't talk about Odell Beckham. Hayden, before we move on, I feel like we do need to bring up Odell Beckham's name. Like what are the expectations here? Hayden, I mean, this is a player who was once considered the most talented player at his position across the league. Only one wide receiver on the Browns last season. A very good season. The best we've seen in a long time for the Browns had over 60 targets, and that was Jarvis Landry. Don't we expect them to play the same way? Or can Odell hit? And we're hoping he does because we have him at wide receiver 25. I think that the Browns are going to pass more this year than they did last year because it's the second year in the system and Odell Beckham is back. And you saw Baker Mayfield take a leap, I think in the second half of last season, probably because it just takes quarterbacks a couple months of playing games in the new offense. And I think that if you go back, listen to the Matt Harmon episode on our YouTube channel or the podcast feed. And he was saying that Odell Beckham in a small sample last year actually rebounded after a couple bad seasons due to some injuries and I think that Odell Beckham looks pretty good in the, in the videos that I've seen. I know he's not practicing in full yet, but Odell Beckham somebody that I think that could really pop in an offense that we are big believers in. I think they're going to pass the ball a tad more this year than they did last year. Yeah, I just have no idea. I mean, that team has the identity of not run first, but like so like road graders with that offensive line and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But we've also seen Kevin Stefanski have, you know, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. And then I don't know if I believe in, in Baker Mayfield, like the individual as a player, but like in this system, Hey, we've also talked about it. There have been some fluky, like crazy high touchdown marks from players in just awesome environments and situations. Kirk Cousins last year. And and Baker Mayfield could be in one of those this season for sure. Um, All right. Let's now move on to tier five. We're not going to spend as much time necessarily individually. And in fact, this is a period where we want to highlight players that we are significantly higher on than the public that we want you to exit in every single draft. Because again, once we get to tier five, it's 18 names starts with Will Fuller for us ends with DJ Chark, huge differences in ADPs. Let's start off Hayden with our wide receiver 31 still being drafted at wide receiver 42. I went back and looked, Hayden, when we first did this show in June. Will Fuller was being drafted at wide receiver 37. It has dropped five wide receiver spots since then just because we have barely seen him play. We just saw him start practicing on a limited basis this week. I will make the case for Will Fuller. One, I think so far in the preseason, we've seen that at least this passing game is going to be better than it was last year. Not a big bar to clear, but I think it's going to be better than it was last season. Two, Will Fuller and his signing, instantly he becomes, once he touches the field, the best skill position player on the Miami Dolphins, period. And I think because of this perception, this evaluation that people have of Tua, they don't think he matches, again, their perception and evaluation of Will Fuller as just this downfield, spiked weak playmaker. Well, look, go back and watch like highlights of what Will Fuller did last year. He had the lowest A dot of his career, and it turned into the wide receiver nine season in fantasy points per game. I am totally cool if Will Fuller's A dot drops another yard to like 11 or 10 this year, because that just means more manufactured catches, more short to intermediate gains. And he's also awesome after the catch. Hayden, I also feel... People just believe that, oh, well, Will Fuller is going to you know, miss half the season, miss games. They're trying to be doctors and, and predict the future here. I would argue to all of you, draft him like you are correct, and you'll have massive benefits if Will Fuller plays 13, 15 games this season because he truly is one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. 
I forgot to look to see if the PEDs stay in the bloodstream for how many months because we need we need the benefits of those PEDs like he had last year. I'm with you. I mean, you watch Will Fuller. He seems like he's been developing these last couple of years. He was kind of just a one-trick pony on the outside, a very good one. But I thought last year as a number one wide receiver, he looked really, really good. He was actually, I think, the uh, six in yards per out run versus man coverage last year, almost at three yards. So I think he's going to be the best player on the Dolphins. So I'm with you. Our wide receiver 35 still being drafted at wide receiver 48. And this one is a bit in flux, Hayden, but it's, it's Corey Davis. And we have learned a lot about Corey Davis in recent days, especially in preseason week two, when I think he's been on the field for like 19 passing plays for the New York Jets and been targeted in about 13 of them. Hayden, this is a Jets team who you got mad at me earlier this offseason for Stop. talking up as possible unknown investments, dipping your toe into the darkness, into what we do not know as fact. But Hayden, a Zach Wilson to Corey Davis pairing and dynamic so far this preseason, it's there and it's beautiful. Corey Davis is better than what most people think. I think that there's one of the theories I need to do research on is players from small schools that are drafted high. It takes a little bit of time for them to fully develop, which makes sense because they're not getting the coaching that like an Alabama wide receiver is getting. So I think Corey Davis last year finally took this big leap. He was second in yards per hour run versus zone coverage, 14th against man coverage. He was a top 10 receiver in efficiency overall. And then like we just saw in the preseason, I mean, 10 targets on 13 routes. And I think that it's obviously that stuff is completely unsustainable and Elijah Moore is going to get his, but the advantage of the Jets offense is they're going to use that fullback Trevon Wesco, who went to West Virginia and you have uh, basically a couple of two tight end sets. It's just going to be Corey Davis running a bunch of routes basically by himself. And that's why you have the Shanahan offense where people talk about, Oh, why does the X receiver get all this target? It's because they use a fullback fullbacks don't run routes. The second tight end doesn't run a route. Corey Davis is going to be a monster in target share because it's just going to be him and Elijah Moore. And that's what we saw with like Justin Jefferson. That's why Corey Davis is always so efficient is because he's not sharing targets with anybody else. And Zach Wilson looks pretty good. Like yep. the preseason stuff, I want to be buying Corey Davis as the best value on the Jets. We've seen very little of Zach Wilson being forced off a spot. And when he has, it's been good as well. I think this offensive line is good enough to keep him in like the flow, in the rhythm of his offense too. And if that's the case, Corey Davis, follow the money. He's absolutely this team's number one wide receiver, even though we love Elijah Moore. And you can tell with our ranking here. The Jets defense is, or defense is like going to be maybe the worst in the league. They probably have the worst cornerback group and they just lost their top edge rusher. It, I mean, they're going to be lots of negative game scripts for Corey Davis and Elijah Moore to, to, to ball out in. So if you use our rankings, Will Fuller's on your team. Corey Davis is on your team, and Marvin Jones is going to be on your team as well. Hayden, still, still, LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark are being drafted well ahead of Marvin Jones, 35 and 40 at wide receiver, respectively. Marvin Jones still is coming off the board at wide receiver 50. He is all the way up for us at wide receiver 38, and I could not be more proud. I could not be more proud. This is a player who, yes, there are absolutely lasting questions right now on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but there is going to be production there. We saw it at the backfield for them, and I expect that offense to be better this year when they were, what, 30th out of 32 teams last year in, in points scored per game. I think a Trevor Lawrence to Marvin Jones stack, if you want to make that one, as someone who can win down the field, who has done it consistently with this play caller over and over and over in the NFL. Hayden, I believe we are getting a team's number one wide receiver at a wide receiver 50 price tag right now. I think he'll lead the Jaguars in air yards, and he's not coming off the field. LaVisca Chanel will be off the field in uh, two wide receiver sets, most likely. At least that's what the preseason is showing us. And Marvin Jones is just always slept on. So I think this is another time to buy. Uh, it's it's his unsexy name. Like he needs a name change. If he was LaVisca Jones... LaVisca Jones is, a, is a, a fifth round pick. It's the Marvin name. People can't get over the Marvin name. Two more. I'll give you the first one. Michael Pittman is our wide receiver 43, and he's being drafted as the wide receiver 53. Hayden, I think a little dip, because there was some buzz there with Michael Pittman. I think a little dip happened when Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz with, went out with injuries, and I don't think it's adjusted back to where it needs to be with Michael Pittman and a potential second-year leap. 
He's good. I think he's going to be a good player. Classic X traits can win downfield. We saw that in college. We saw last year after the catch for a six foot four guy. Um, and I think last year he had a compartment leg syndrome, which is a pretty serious injury with his leg. He had to have surgery and kind of rushed back from that. And that's why his production was kind of, kind of slim. But I think that now he's fully healthy. He's also a positive regression candidate. He scored 2.4 fewer touchdowns than expected. That was ninth lowest in the uh, at the position. So I think that he's an ascending player, somebody that has the the yards after the catch and size profile to kind of be used all over the field. And he's not coming off the field in in two wide receiver sets. I think that he's going to be the Colts' best wide receiver by a good margin here. He could he can be a uh, somebody that like really really breaks out this year. One more wide receiver that we are remarkably higher on than the public is another one that we have not seen on his new team. Again, I actually think that that's where you find tremendous value because of all of us overreacting to potentially what we are seeing on a daily basis. And that's Curtis Samuel, our wide receiver 41 going as wide receiver 49. Still Hayden, we've seen Deami Brown make plays. We've seen Adam Humphreys be out there in 11 personnel, three wide receiver sets. But when you track the money, $25 million guaranteed Curtis Samuel is going to be out there with Terry McLaurin in every single personnel set. He has experience in the Scott Turner offense. So I really do think that they are just taking their time with him. He's missed time in previous years. And I know a lot of people say, well, look, he broke out in 2020 in the slot playing 70% of his time there with like a 7.2 a dot. I would argue, go back and watch, actually watch his 2019 tape when Scott Turner was and, and North Turner were the play callers with Kyle freaking Allen throwing him the football when his a dot was like 14 or 12 yards down the field. And he was playing as an outside receiver opposite DJ Moore. And you can see that a 12 touchdown season was absolutely right there. I know all of you are sick of someone like me saying, Hey, draft Curtis Samuel each and every year. This though, to me is finally the environment for Curtis Samuel to hit. And you're not having to pay anything to get him. I mean, where he's going Right now, Hayden, at wide receiver 49, easy, easy money. You sold me. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I want all of these Washington football teamers. So Curtis Samuel right in the mix. He's gonna he, Even if Diami Brown is a really good player, they would just move Curtis Samuel into the slot. And that's like not the worst case scenario for, for Curtis Samuel either. All right. So that does it for this tier. Hayden, as we kind of move along here, again, the ADPs and our rankings are going to separate even more. Um, there are a couple in you know that last grouping that we were well after, like Kenny Galladay, who I believe is being drafted at wide receiver 31. He's our wide receiver 39. Who's He's drafting like, Kenny Galladay at wide receiver 31? I know. Eric Bimefor, Ryan Hodge, our guys. We love them. I think they both drafted them on the drafts that we did here. Uh, is there anyone in this grouping, Hayden, that, that you want to hit on? I mean, there's Jalen Waddle at wide receiver 45, Darnell Mooney, who the Chicago Bears absolutely love, our wide receiver 46. And if Justin Fields gets there, we know he's like a manufactured touch player sometimes too. And, you know, that two wide receiver sets opposite um, Allen Robinson. And we have some other, you know, potential unknowns. Elijah Moore, hoping for a Henry Ruggs second year player. And then Again, we're way, way higher than the public on someone like Cole Beasley. Yeah, I mean, Cole Beasley is just way, way, way massively discounted for his Twitter account. But he was a, a weekly wide receiver three flex last year, even in half PPR leagues. And he is super important to the Bills offense. He's not going anywhere. Um, you can get him like as a wide receiver 66 or something right now. It's like It's one I even put out a tweet two days ago, Hayden, right before we started a meeting at Underdog about Cole Beasley. And I had to delete it because, and I can say this on the show, the more he tweets, the more I'll probably have of Cole Beasley in drafts because where he's going right now at wide receiver 65, again, you and I have him at wide receiver 51 in our composite rankings. When you go back, he's not, you know, the, the downfield shot type to, to go and bring down these major catches. But this is how he, he started his season last year, four catches, 58 yards. Five catches, 70 yards, six catches, 100 yards, 332 and a score, six for 53, 45 yards, another touchdown, 12 targets, 11 receptions, 112. Look, if you just don't want and you have more fun not having Cole Beasley on your roster, I understand. But if you want to maybe look at like the best 
wide receiver value out there right now. One of them, unfortunately, is Cole Beasley, and he truly might help you win money this season. He's going to win you money. Wide receiver 67, like, easy game. Just draft Cole Beasley by the dip. Can we talk about Rondell Moore a little bit? I know he's up on the next column, if we can scroll up to that, because he is going as now, Hayden, wide receiver 54. I'm slightly above ADP. You are slightly after on ADP. Is this just the differences we believe in his ceiling? Because I think his role is super defined with DeAndre on one side, AJ Green on the other. And like a lot of those 70 target manufactured short to intermediate behind the line of scrimmage touches that Larry Fitzgerald got last year are to Rondell Moore. And it's kind of up to him to make like game breaking plays with the ball in his hands. And that can be somewhat tough to predict. He'll have one of the lowest A dots in the league. It won't be like Debo Samuel level, but it'll be like maybe it's six yards for his A dot. So it's just hard. I'm a huge believer in Rondo Moore. I think he'll be awesome for the Cardinals. I think that in, in full PPR leagues, perfect. Dynasty leagues, awesome. I think that on underdog fantasy half PPR is probably not his best format, but I think that Rondell Moore potentially could be a superstar level wide receiver just in a very defined role, which is fine, especially in the air raid. But I just think this isn't the right format for for Rondell Moore. Maybe a one-liner on some of these names that I bring up just to set you up. Uh, Miko Hardman is a player we're way lower than consensus on. He's being drafted like he is a certified awesome wide receiver at, at wide receiver 41. Again, that's well ahead of Marvin Jones. That's well ahead of Curtis Samuel. That's ahead of Will Fuller. A lot of the cases that we just tried to make. Where are we at right now on Mika Hardman, Hayden? That he's still learning the position. He's learning the position, which is justified. He's a crazy athlete. He's attached to Patrick Mahomes. So you can only be so down on Michael Hardman. But he was 87th out of 97 wide receivers in yards per route run versus man coverage. You saw him struggle when he went into the Tyreek Hill role in the preseason game just because he wasn't on the same page. And I just think that he just fully hasn't developed in some of these other things. So I, I do think that if you are drafting McCole Hardman, he should only be on teams where you don't have Tyreek Hill. I think that he's almost a handcuffed to Tyreek Hill. I think that he'll remain in 11 personnel, but maybe not be in 12 personnel. I think he'll be more of a manufactured touch player. But if Tyreek Hill goes down, McCole Hardman becomes the guy they have to force the ball to. So there is a ceiling to chase. I just don't think you do it in the Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill stacks. I think I would sprinkle them in and some other unique builds. Everyone knows I'm a huge fan of Terrace Marshall. Have been advocating for him when he was going in like wide receiver 72 range. Hayden, it's all the way up now to wide receiver 58. It's kind of getting a little rich here, but I truly feel there's there's an outside shot that he leads all Panthers pass catchers in touchdowns this season. And again, the number three wide receiver on the Carolina Panthers is more important than their number one tight end. And we always just ask the question, you know, what if he hits the ground running and is the team's wide receiver three immediately? <clears throat> Hayden, it's ha- it's happening and it's already happened. He's a he'll be yes. There. He's the starting slot wide receiver, and if one of the top two guys gets injured, he can play on the outside too. And he's a big dude. He'll be involved in the red zone. I mean, he's he's like the classic rookie that you can see having a monster leap. I know we're coming up on an hour already, Hannah. I do want to ask you about the two Saints wide receivers. Because we're pretty far below where Michael Thomas has settled right now at wide receiver 46. I think you and I are just advocating because there are still some like high upside options in this area, and especially around wide receiver 46, that it's kind of just a fade at this point. It really depends on your league formats. If you have an, an IR spot, that makes them a little more valuable. Uh, if if like you're in a league where you're in a 10-person league and six people make the playoffs – then it's easier to make the playoffs and you'd want to draft Michael Thomas for the playoffs. But if in best ball where you have to come in first or second place and you're calculating all your points throughout the season, he's devalued. So it's really dependent on uh, your, your scoring system. I would project him to play in week seven. There's re-injury risk, there's setback risk. But I would say that he would be a wide receiver two or wide receiver three starting in week six, seven on. So whatever that means to you. And you're also punting on half the season possibly like you mentioned, and you're also punting on on players that can greatly exceed their ADPs for an entire season around that. Like, again, we threw out a whole bunch of names. I won't reiterate them, but even, you know, Elijah Moore and Jalen Waddle are going after 
where Michael Thomas is being selected right now, too. Uh, Marquez Callaway. Again, this is another player who's like in flux right now. Everything we see from him is awesome in preseason. It certainly seems like it's on the trajectory of Jameis Winston to be that team's wide receiver one. He has settled right around wide receiver 59. We're right there at ADP at wide receiver 57. He's an unknown, but he's power five pedigree athlete. He can play inside out. I think that he has a better chance of averaging seven targets per game compared to someone like Traquan Smith, who has had every opportunity to make a name for himself and just hasn't. So I think that Marquez Callaway deserves to be drafted ahead of Traquan Smith. Massive unknown. Most likely he'll be like a wide receiver four or so when Michael Thomas is out. And then when Michael Thomas comes in, then it's going to be harder for him to kind of I mean, the the number two wide receiver role for the, for the Saints historically has just been kind of mess since Kamara's been there. Two players that around June, you and I, you know, took a look at all the ADPs where wide receivers were being drafted and said, Emmanuel Sanders is firmly underdrafted. He needs to go ahead of where Gabriel Davis is. Hayden, that has since changed. But I would also say that like, hey, let's not go crazy. And exactly where we have him at wide receiver 63 and his ADP of wide receiver 62 Makes a lot of sense. So let's not keep like pushing that narrative too much. And dare I say, Hayden, AJ Green is in that exact same boat too. Like we finally have done it. Maybe my life's work other than, you know, the greatest mock draft of all time is moving AJ Green, who was like wide receiver 79, now being drafted at wide receiver 71. We're a couple spots ahead, but now you start seeing it when you tune into streams, when you check out drafts, he's at round 12 and round 13. Hayden, I feel like it's a fair area. You moved him up eight wide receiver spots. One of the career accomplishments for Josh Norris. I mean, what a career. I'm just saying, like, let's not go crazy now. I'm I'm trying to reel back some of, you know, the verbiage that I use with these players. Because once you get to a point, it's like, okay, this is where I wanted him to get to. Let's not keep piping him up anymore. For Um, sure. Go ahead. I was going to throw out Jacoby Myers, somebody that is trending up and rightfully trending up. Uh, Eighth in yards per hour run versus man coverage. Eighth in yards per run versus zone coverage. And there's not going to be that many wide receivers out there on the field for the Patriots. And I think that Jacoby Myers is a legit player. He has the trust of Bill Belichick. If you just watch the game, you see what Jacoby Myers asked to do on rushing situations and on trick plays. In addition, just against zone coverage, Jacoby Myers, you can tell, is a very smart dude. And I think that he's going to be somebody that doesn't have a massive ceiling because of the offense, but somebody when it's by you're in bye week hell and you need that flex wide receiver, I think that Jacoby Myers will come come through for you. I was on Phil Perry's show, a great beat writer for the New England Patriots yesterday, and he, on his own admission, brought up Jacoby Myers and said that he believes Jacoby Myers is going to lead this team in targets this year, despite all the money that they paid for Nelson Aguilar, who just left practice, I believe, yesterday, because Nelson Aguilar might be more of a role player in terms of like that vertical usage, and Jacoby Myers might be the best route runner on the team and, and see the most targets, especially with Mac Jones, Hayden, he might truly should be the first drafted player among those pass catchers on that team. I think after week eight, when he was became a starter, he had, he was 28 in receiving yards per game. He's another positive regression candidate for when it comes to touchdowns. I don't think he scored a single one last year. That will clearly change. He's not going to win, win with a, a crazy amount of athleticism down the field, but just like watch him. Like you can tell this guy really gets it. You can tell that Bill Belichick loves him. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacoby Myers is like the next Bill Belichick wide receiver that he, the slot wide receiver that he kind of found out of nowhere. I think he's like a certified, really good NFL starter. And I think a lot of people probably don't even know who he is. Anyone else we want to hit on before we get out of here? I mean, we have MVS at wide receiver 67. He's going as wide receiver 76. KJ Hamler is another like better and best ball type that even with Teddy Bridgewater can hit on some great value. He's like becoming a starter in their 11 personnel sets. We have him well up above ADP at wide receiver 69 when he's going as wide receiver 78. Still, I think that's an awesome value. Anyone else that I'm missing? I'm with you with Kadarius Tony, like not Kadarius Tony in the 12th round. Kadarius Tony, I think uh, we were on a stream yesterday with the Miz where Kadarius Tony went at the second to last pick. Yeah, So I think it's going to take him a little bit, but I think that when Dave Gettleman's on the hot seat and Jason Garrett's on the hot seat, who are they going to turn to? They're saying, okay, well, let's see what this first-round guy with uh, elite athleticism could do for the Giants' offense. So I think that Kadarius Tony, you rarely get a first-rounder in the very last round of your draft. I know everything's been bad. I get it, but I think that it's everything's priced in. 
His ADP is literally wide receiver 99. Hey, there's going to be a ton of wide receivers drafted ahead of him, like maybe Brashad Perryman, who don't even make the roster you right. know, on, on their team right now. I am not advocating for Kadarius Tony to be a good first-round selection this past April. I'm not saying I believe in what the, the Giants are building this year. I do not believe in Jason Garrett. But at around 18 or 17 selection to, to round out your wide receiver room, Kadarius Tony again, being drafted wide receiver 99, there are worse options. There are absolutely worse options. So now throw out a couple more maybe in those 17, 18 rounds. I don't want to invest a top 90 selection in Brandon Cooks like a lot of you are just believing like the opportunity no matter what is going to be there on a team that might average 13 points this year. I would much rather bypass that top 90 selection overall and go after the wide receiver 92 in Nico Collins and hopefully a power five big-bodied athletic wide receiver hits on a couple of spiked weeks because I think even Brandon Cooks is going to be a spiked week just based on how few points the Texans are going to score this season. Nico Collins, Josh Palmer, and D. Eskridge, all of these rookie wide receivers, Diami Brown, another one, Amon Ross St. Brown, all the, the late round wide receivers right now that I want to be investing in are the rookies. It's not Randall Cobb. It's not Paris Campbell, Brashad Perriman, Jameson Crowder. It's not Christian Kirk. I've seen what those guys do. It's just not it. Give me the upside of a, a DS Gridge, Nico Collins, Josh Palmer, like the guys that they just recently uh, put some money and draft capital behind, see what they got. And I feel like I say it every single show, but like in your season-long managed leagues, it'll be tough to take him in best ball because, again, we just mentioned a few names. But like if Cooper Cup or Robert Woods goes down, immediately go and get Van Jefferson because he's going to be out there in their, their two wide receiver sets, just a different profile to them than the Deshaun Jacksons and Tutu Atwells. Like they believe in him as one of their two wide receivers if one of those players goes down. And that, you know, role can absolutely eat on the Rams. All right. Absolutely. Yep. I think we've done it. Again, everyone, I need all of you right now in triple digits to like and subscribe down below. Our whole goal is to help you win this season, win money, have fun. We'll be back next week, Hayden. For our final week, really, really, of fantasy draft season, we have a few drafts lined up. We have some more shows, including like our ideal draft. Hayden and I are going to go through that, what we think would be a perfect 18-round selections for all of you. We're going to have a lot of clips coming out in the next few days as well. So be on the lookout for those. The only way to find them is to subscribe. And while you're there, like the channel. And you can always take this show on the road with you, the Underdog Football Show on every single podcast platform. And as always, if you are new to underdog promo code, the show 25 free bucks and we roll. All right, Hayden. Thanks for doing this, buddy. All of you, including Connor, Joe, Adrian, Roberto, Shirley, Tyler. Thank you for tuning in up the damn villa. Talk to y'all soon, everyone. See ya. (laughs) 